should probably give God glory because we've set an attendance record today at Meadows Church. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. See, I'm excited about that. I hope you are too because this is history right here. We've been at church for over a year. We haven't even taken attendance, but I know that we've broken a record. And that matters to me, and it should matter to you because numbers matter. And I've said it before. Every one of, we count people because people count to us. And I'll say it again. Every number has a name. You got a name. Every name has a story. You've got a story. And every story matters to God. You matter to God. Like, that, I love it so much. So when I see chairs coming in, see, you got to understand something about me a little bit. When I grew up going to church, I wasn't running to church like a lot of the kids do today. Like, the kids that go to Meadows Church, by the way, our kids' ministries, our most important ministry, it is incredible. These kids get so jacked up and excited about coming to church. That wasn't the case for me growing up. Like, I would hide from my mom on Sunday mornings to not go to church. I literally did. So I grew up in a traditional church. And so there were things about church I didn't get. Like, like, if you were here in time for the first song, that was probably half of you. That's okay, though. God still loves you. But the first song we sang was Joy to the World. And so it's got four, like, verses in there. I don't know. I think they're called verses. But so there's four verses. But the, but the church I grew up in, like, when we would sing Joy to the World, uh, we, the, the, the pastor would get up and say, okay, we're going to open your hymns to hymn 350, and we're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 4. And I'm like, what? What, what, is there no joy in verse 3? Why are we skipping verse 3? Could never figure this stuff out. Like other things that was weird to me, like we'd have a time of peace. Like a time where we, we, get, we greet each other with peace. Now I don't know, I'm not in here right away, but I think sometimes we have you turn to each other or high five or fist bump. But in the church I grew up in, it was like we'd say, hey, turn and say, peace be with you. So you'd shake a hand, peace be with you. And then you'd say, peace be with you. And you'd say, peace be with you. But I got to tell you, when I was going through that and doing that, I didn't feel a lot of peace in my heart. Probably because the kid who's shaking my hand was just picking his nose 10 minutes earlier. I'm like, I ain't touching that. I ain't. So there's no peace about it. But uh, that's just my upbringing. I got to share with you a little bit. But I never got excited about church. So when God gave us a vision about a church where we could be excited about going to church, I just shared with a, a new couple that, or a new, a new group that came this morning. I said, something we believe at Meadows is church should look, look less like a funeral and more like a party. Why? Because we have something to celebrate. And we celebrate every weekend in this church. And, and we love getting excited, and I hope you're okay with that. I just want this to be a place you look forward to. Because the Spirit of the Lord is already here. But some of you, you walked in here with struggles, you walked in here with hardships, you walked in here getting a gift that you didn't want, and you're on the couch thinking, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't, what, this isn't, the, this isn't the way my life was supposed to be. This isn't what I envisioned in my younger years that I would be today. I'm telling you something straight up. God's got an incredible plan for your life. Like God, is, God isn't given up on you. God is not done with you. In fact, I'll say God is just getting started with you. I am so excited. But, but the series, this series, All I Want for Christmas, it really came from a verse in the Bible. It's out of Romans 15, 13. I'll give it to you. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, if you missed last week, you got to go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. Um, we, we looked at hope. But then he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Because you trust him. You trust God. Joy is next week. We're going to talk about it. This week, we're talking about peace. In fact, turn to two people and give them the title of today's message. Tell two people the key to peace, okay? Say the key to peace. Tell, some of you ain't turning to nobody right now. You ain't listening. Turn to two people and tell them the key to peace, all right? Man, what's, what are we going to do with you guys, all right? So the key to peace. So I've got to be honest. So I'm, I'm putting this message together. I know that we're talking about peace. I know that God's word has got the word peace all over it. I know that Christmas should be all about peace, but I'm thinking to myself, what even is peace? Like, if you were to define it, I'm not even sure what I would, how I would define it. So I went to the dictionary. I want to know, what is the definition, according to, to the Webster or whoever, of, the, of peace? This is what it says. Peace, freedom from disturbance, quiet, tranquility. That is peace. Okay, how many of you have kids? Okay, yeah, so what, so... You're screwed, okay? I'm just going to say it. It's, it. Is there even a chance that we can find peace? 
freedom from disturbance? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know that there are parents in this place that you've gone to a room in your house, probably the bathroom, locked the door, and said, I just need to get away. I'm just going to lock the door. And you lock the door, man, you're having a seat. Nature ain't calling, but sanity is. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to sit, and I'm me and Candy Crush, I don't have my phone on me, but I'm going to hang out with Candy Crush for about a half hour. It don't matter. Kids are clawing at the door to get in. They're sliding under ransom notes, telling you to come out. I don't care. I ain't coming unless there's, you know, I'm just sitting. I'm going to relax. I'm going to hang out. Like I said, I'm going to play Candy Crush. But then all of a sudden, one of my kids will say something like, hey, where are the matches? And then I'm like, all right, party's over. You know, it's like, okay, something bad's going to happen. But I, we, we, peace is it's pretty hard to come by. It is pretty hard to come by, but it, it is attainable. And you're going to see that today. I find it interesting that sometimes people will talk about peace at funerals. And I don't make light of funerals. They, they can be a very uh, emotional time a very trying time, but I find it a little ironic that we can be looking at a casket with a person and somebody will say something like, they look so peaceful. And I'm like, they're dead. I mean, if you don't look peaceful when you're dead, but uh, you know, like I, I tell God all the time, God, when you take me out, when you're ready to call me home, I want to go out in a peaceful way. Like I, I want to just, you know, maybe when I'm sleeping, that, right? I want to just, uh, in, my, in my sleep, like my grandfather, while he was at peace, he was sleeping, I want to go out like that. Not like the passengers who are in his car screaming. Not like them. I want to go, you know what I'm saying? Oh, just, that's not true. So, um, so we're going to go to God's word because we just kind of believe in that in this church. Like we just believe that if you, if you listen to God and you do what he says, your life will change. Like it's that simple. People want to complicate the Bible and theology. I'm, I'm telling you straight up. You, 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 you read God's word. You do what it says. Your life will change guarantee. Guaranteed. So if you brought a Bible or a mobile device with a Bible app, go to a book in the New Testament called Philippians. Okay? Philippians. And I'm going to kind of explain to you what, what that even, what, what is Philippians? Why is that even in the Bible? So Philippians 4, verse 6. So go there, and if you don't have that stuff, we'll put it up on the screen here too. But Philippians, this is a book in the New Testament. The New Testament is when Jesus came to earth and after. Old Testament is before Jesus came to earth as a baby. Right? So... Philippians, uh, Paul, an apostle named Paul, a great Christian man, planted a lot of churches with the help of others. One of the churches he pl planted was in Philippi. Do we even have that? Did I put that map? Did I get that map? I'd like to use this new pointer I got, so give me a second here. <laughs> People are like, why do you use maps so much lately? I said, well, I bought this new thing, and this is the only way I get to use it. So, um, so yeah, it makes me feel like I'm a teacher. So you got, uh, okay, so here's Jerusalem, right? Bethlehem is right around here too. That's Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So Paul planted churches all, and this is Asia, right? Today that's Asia. So Ephesus, Colossus, these are all in the Bible. Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians. But then you get over here. Now this is Europe. So the first, get this, here's some history for you. The first church ever planted in Europe was, was, was Philippi, the Philippians, the very first church. And, and from our church in America, that's where the church came from is Europe. So it all, like right here, Philippi. This is, and now this is modern day Greece. So if you're wondering, okay, where's that today? That's Greece right here, right, right on down here. That's all Greece. So Philippi is right there. That's the church that he's writing to, Paul. But he's not just writing to them. He's writing to you and I. God knows what he's doing when he, when he gave the words for people to write on paper. So he's writing to this church. And uh, it's amazing. In fact, I'm going to read it right out of the word here. And uh, I'm going to read it in context. And then I'm going to kind of break it down for you. All right. So this is what it says. This is Philippians uh, 4, verse, just verses 6 through 9. That's it. Don't worry about anything, Paul tells us. But instead, pray about everything. Now, that's a tall order just in that. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace. Say peace. Peace. It is attainable. Here's, the, here, here's a little insight, though. You're not going to find it out here. See, if you're ever going to look for peace, you'll never find it in the world that we live. Some people say, well, pray for peace. And we should pray for peace. Here, here's a fact. We'll never have peace in the world that we live in, ever. Certain regions might have it for certain, for certain times, but the world as a whole will never see peace this side of heaven. Never will. Jesus said it. It's, it's even, it's even going to get it kind of worse out here. So I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's I'm just telling you, peace, it's nothing that you're going you're gonna to find out here. So I'm just giving you a little, little key to peace. That's the title of the message. So he says, then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can even understand. 
His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise, Paul writes. Man, that sounds so good, Paul. The last verse, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you've heard from me, everything you saw me doing, then, say then, then the God of peace will be with you. I'm tell so here's, here's the main point, man. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Um, so uh, peace is unlocked through your prayers, your thoughts, and your actions. Okay? You want the key to peace? There it is. It's up to you. God's going to do his part. He always does. If you want peace in your heart, in your discontent, in your struggle, it's really your call. Like, the ball's in your court. This is, Paul, this is what he says. Your prayers, your thoughts, and your actions. Verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Do you know the root, like the old English root that, that comes from the word worry? It, it means uh, to strangle. Like, literally, that's what that word means in the English, to strangle. Have you ever been so worried about something, so flustered about something, that you literally feel sick? Like, it, it, the, studies will even say worry causes physical ailments, headaches, migraines, neck pain. All these things, worry can do that. There is a physical attribute. I've shared this before with you. Some of you have been here before. For me, worry started in the fourth grade when I had to get up in front of my class and give a speech. Oh my gosh. So for me, it wasn't really neck pain or migraines. It was more like my stomach would do flips like a, like a gymnast on meth. It was incredible. Like it just would turn and turn and turn. And so bad that I would like, it would, I don't want to get too graphic with this. I, it was not good. So I was hoping this would be something I would outgrow eventually. But in college, I'm still struggling with it. Some of you college kids. I mean, I remember one semester in college, um, it was the first day. So the first day of a class, you don't, you, who cares? So you're going to get a syllabus, maybe meet the teacher, see who's in the class. But you don't really have to prepare for anything. So the night before, uh, me and some buddies went out till about, you know, 3.30 in the morning and killed as many brain cells as we could. It was really fun from what, well, I don't remember any of it. But, it, you know, it, don't do what I do when I, before I met Jesus, okay? That's a good rule of thumb. So we went out, I mean, literally 3.30 in the morning, we get, we get home. And I have class the next day, first class of this class, uh, some algebra or something, something I couldn't stand anyway. But so I go to this class, and I'm already queasy, I'm already struggling, and I know what happens to me when I start to worry. It's, it's not good. It's not good. So I'm like, oh, I'll be good. We're, you know, it's first day, teaching can do nothing. So I'm sitting in class, and I'm sitting with my buddy, and uh, we're sitting there, and the class starts to really fill in. I'm like, man, there's a lot. Of, this is a big class. And uh, all of a sudden, this group of girls comes in, this good-looking group of girls. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I knew there's a reason I took this class. And they come in, and they're sitting around, and I'm like, I'm getting a little bit nervous. And I'm, I'm sweating because of the night before, and I'm struggling. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. This is, we'll be out of here in 10 minutes. Teacher comes in, has a group of, or a stack of papers, and I'm like, oh, it's probably the syllabuses. He's going to tell us what we're going to learn. So he, he gets these papers out, and he goes, class? We're going to start today with a test. And I was like, oh, my gosh, a test? And immediately, the gymnast I talked about, boom, 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 starts doing these flips. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And pretty soon, I'm like, this is not good. And I'm doing one of these deals. And I'm like, oh, my, my buddy's next to me. He's like, dude, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I got problems. He's like, you're telling me. So I am struggling. And I am like, oh, a test. And they, they pass the test down to me. I look at it. I can't, I'm so out of it. I can't even read what it says. I'm like, I can't do this. He's like, dude, just relax and take the test. I said, I can't do this. I can't. And my biggest fear was, I'm going to be the guy on campus. That is, I'm going to be that guy with the reputation, the guy that crapped his pants in class. You know, I'm going to be this guy. I'm not going to be this guy, God. Not today, I told myself. Not today, devil. I said, so here's what I did. I'm sitting there, and I'm struggling. All of a sudden, I just, I just didn't know what to do because it was, it, was, it was go time. And uh, literally. And so I'm standing there, or I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just get up like this. And I get up, I'm like, oh. And I kind of walk up to the teacher like this. And people are like, what the heck? And I am just struggling. And I get there, and as I'm walking, you know, you just start to, you got to get your wits about you. And I just start to feel a little bit better, you know? I'm like, okay, I can breathe, I can breathe. And I get up there, and it kind of just goes away. I don't know where it goes, but it went away. So I'm there with the teacher, and I'm standing there, and then I realize I'm standing up in front of the class. And the teacher's like, 
can I help you? And I'm like, I, um, so I just had to make something up. I'm like, yeah, uh, these questions, like the first questions are, are, I don't really understand what you're looking for. He goes, those are true or false. I'm like, oh, true or false. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. I, I just, I just like, I just, you know, I just had to get it going. I made it through that class, but, you know, worry, it does something to me. And maybe it does something to you. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's even spiritual. I'm just telling you, this, the, you want to know the opposite of peace is worry. This is why Paul starts, starts by saying, stop it. Do you know a study, a survey said this. 92% of what you're worrying about is not even legitimate concern. It's not. Only 8% of what people worry about is even legitimate. It's even like a concern, let alone cause for worry. They say that, they say that what people worry about, it, number one, it's either never going to happen, um, Three, there were three things. It's never going to happen. It involves things you can't control, or it's just something you've just, it's just, it's just made up. Like, it's not even reality. It's not even, think about that. This is why Jesus himself would say, why are you, don't worry. It's not going to do nothing for you. This week, I picked up my son Jake from, from school. On Wednesday, I pick him up, and he's a fifth grader. He gets in the car. He's like, Dad, we got plans tonight. I said, we do. He said, yeah, two of my buddies are going to go skating, roller skating. He said, they're going to go to the roller skating rink, and we got to meet them. We got to meet them. I said, Jake, I'm sorry. I said, we, we, you're right. We do have plans, and that's not it. I said, you can't just get in and tell me we're going to the rink tonight. We, we, okay. He goes, Dad, we've been planning it. We've been planning it. I said, I know nothing about it. We've been planning it. Me and the guy since Monday for two days. We've been, I said, did you tell any of the parents, or are you planning on driving yourself, right? And that's a cause for worry, Jake, behind the wheel. Then that's legitimate. Remember the 8% that's legitimate? That's legitimate. And he's all flustered, and he's all upset. I mean, he was in a tizzy, miserable for the whole night, which makes it miserable for the parents, right? And he's just flustered. Dad, they're going to, I gave my word. I'm sorry, Jake, we're not, we, it's not in the cars tonight. It's not happening. And it, it, so it just escalated and escalated. And uh, amazingly, he went to sleep that night, praise God, and he slept and kind of forgot about it the next morning. Well, the next day, I pick him up for school. He jumps in the car. I was like, Jake, how's your day? He's like, good. He goes, Dad, guess what? I said, what, Jake? You know, my, my buddies, they didn't, even go to the, they didn't even go to the roller skating rink. I said, they didn't, huh? No, no, they didn't go. I said, well, that's a big surprise. You know, we would have been the only ones there. I said, Jake, do you see? I'm trying to teach Jake a lesson. I said, Jake, do you see? See how work up you got yesterday? And you, like, the whole night was just flustered, and you, you were making stuff up in your head and getting all worked up. I said, are you, I'm trying to teach him. Are you understanding? He's like, yeah, Dad, whatever. Let's go get some ice cream. I'm like, Jake, you're not listening, you know? It's like I'm trying to teach you something. But he was so worked up over nothing. They weren't even there. It wasn't even real what he was worried about. How many times do you worry about something? Or do I worry about something? It's not even, it's not even a concern if you pull back the layers. But in our head, we make it that way. That, that's, I wrote down, worry causes wrong thinking and wrong feelings. I wrote that down after that day with Jake because I, I, I realized something that day, that, that when I picked him up, there was wrong thinking. Pretty soon he was believing, well, they're going to be there. I, by the end of the night, he's probably thinking the whole class is going to be there, and he's the only one missing out. Wrong thinking, wrong feelings. This is what that will cause. But prayer, on the other hand, prayer, like when you focus on prayer, it, it points you back to God's power. See, that, that's what prayer will do. Wrong thinking, wrong feelings. But prayer puts the focus back on God's power. See, and the more that you focus on the power of God, the more that you will start to believe the promises of God for your life and that they're real because they are. That's what God wants you to know. Stop focusing on this stuff. Most of it's not even real. But God is. And he's powerful. And he's doing miracles. I mean, just in this church, I'm blown away at what he's doing. And many of you are the, that miracle. And those of you that don't feel that miracle, keep coming back. God's just getting started with you. I am telling you, worry is a killer. So pray about, uh, worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Talk to God about all your concerns. That's what I, talk to God about all your concerns. That is the first step towards victory over worry is talking to God. You'd be amazed. Most, most Christians don't, don't talk to God. They don't. I say that because I called myself a Christian all my life. I didn't talk to him. I might throw up a meal before, or throw up a prayer before a meal, or quickly before bed, or whatever, but other than that, there was no conversation. There, there was no, like, this is what's going on, God. That's what he wants from us. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. That's a huge verse. Just that in itself. I looked at that, and I thought of Daniel. 
Daniel's an Old Testament dude. If you don't, some of you might have heard of him. Uh, the lion's den. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? He's thrown in with these lions. So Daniel, you want to talk about somebody who followed that formula? The king, the king when, uh, what am I trying to say? The king when Daniel was around was called Nebuchadnezzar. Not even going to make you say it, right? Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar said to everybody, hey, I don't want anybody praying to God. Everybody prays to me from now on. Well, Daniel was a devout, devout follower of God, and he didn't really care what the king said. Right? Sometimes we worry so much about what people think, what people say, what people post, what they tweet. Stop worrying about what people do. Don't wor worry about God. Don't, actually, don't worry about him. Focus on him. Because when you focus on him, you won't worry about what other people think. You know? Think about what God thinks about you. He loves you. He brought you here today because he's got a word for you. So back to Daniel. Daniel, listen to what it says. I'll give you two verses in Daniel 6, 10, and 11. Right before this, it even says, I didn't even include this, but right before this, it said, Daniel went home, opened the window... And got on his knees in his room. Okay, Daniel, here, there's a death sentence if you get busted praying to God. And he goes home and opens the window. <laughs> I'm going home and, like, if I'm going to talk to God, I'm, like, crawling under the bed, you know. I'm going to, like, whisper to God, God, yeah, this is Daniel. Yeah, um, God's like, why are you whispering? Yeah, Daniel, or God, just don't worry about that. Um, oh, well, somebody's coming. One second, you know. Okay, okay, we're good, we're good. You know, it's, Daniel didn't do that. Daniel wasn't freaking that way. Daniel prayed to God, I love it, like he always did, it said. He prayed three times a day, just as he'd always done. See, he didn't let somebody else's decisions change his habits of what he was doing in God. That's so huge. So he keeps doing what he's always done, trusting God, giving God thanks. There it is. So he's praying to God. He's thanking God. Then the officials, the, God, the, the bad guys, if you will, went together to Daniel's house, busted him praying, and he was asking God for help. So there, there we just saw that Daniel prayed, he asked God for help, and he thanked God. All the things that it said in Philippians. So Daniel, what's weird is, here's what's crazy. He got busted, so you, so you could easily think, well, God's not listening to Daniel's prayers. Daniel did what God wanted. He was bold in his faith. He prayed to God, but God had him get arrested. In fact, God let him down and got him thrown in with a lion. There's a death sentence. So he's in with a lion, and he's thinking, God, you didn't hear me. God, you've given up on me. Somebody walked in here today, and you're thinking, God, you're not even hearing my prayers. God, you don't care what's going on in my heart or my soul or my relationship or the breakup. I'm telling you, God cares about every, every aspect of you, even the things that are so minuscule, so minute. God cares. And, and just because I said it last week, just because things aren't going your way doesn't mean they're not going God's way. Daniel could easily think, this is not what I signed up for. Now I'm in with the lions. But you know what the Bible says? It says Daniel spent the night in the lion's den in, in, in perfect peace. What? How is that possible? But yet the king, the king who threw him in the den, the king was in the palace and he couldn't even sleep. So you got Daniel in a den with a lion in peace. I told you it's not out here, it's here. You got a king in a palace, and he can't, he's so anxious, he can't even sleep. Your, your, your peace isn't based on where you are today. It's not even based on what you had. The king had a lot. It's based on who you know. This is what peace is based on. At the end of the day, by the way, you don't even have to worry about the lions in your life when you understand that you have a Lord and a king who loves you and is watching out for you and never gives up on you and brought you here today and has so much more in store for your life. That's what God has for you. My gosh, when we understand he's in charge, really? You ain't going to worry as much. So I, you know what? I, one time I posted that worry is a sin, and I believe it is. I believe excess worry is a sin. Because you're, you're not trusting the promises of God. And somebody put something back, they didn't agree with that, and that's fine. There's a lot of people that don't agree. But I'm telling you, I, I worry too sometimes, but that's not, God, that's not of God. It is not of God. Excess worry, you are not trusting the power and the promises of God. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've been there. I'm with you. I struggle sometimes. I get worried sometimes. Man, but, but, but this, is what I, well, this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to know. When you focus on God's promises, you will have peace, okay? When you focus on God's promises, you will have peace. Look what it said here in verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything and everything that you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, Paul writes, one final thing. I love it. One final thing. You know, anytime a pastor says one final thing, you know what that means? 
absolutely nothing. No, no. He's going to keep going and going. Anyway, so Paul, hey, Paul does. It's funny. Paul says one final thing, but look how many things he lists here. One final thing he says, fix your thoughts. Say fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. You keep coming back to Meadows Church, you're going to hear a lot about up here. Because, this is, see, it starts in the mind. It always does. It always does. Before it comes out here, it always starts here. What you think determines what you do. What you do determines your habits, and your habits form your life, okay? So it starts here. This is why Paul is so adamant. Fix your thoughts on me. And then he says, what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. Wow, sounds a lot like this. Let's see, true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent. The one who wrote it is worthy of praise. This is really what, what Paul is pointing to. He's pointing to scripture. And this is why I beg people, and I didn't do it most of my life, read the word of God. Never did. I believed in it. I, 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 you know, I just didn't believe reading it would change my life. Man, was I wrong. It's the number one way I've grown closer to Jesus. Number one way. Ten minutes a day. I'm going to have you guys memorize this. You should know it by now. Ten minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. Ten minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. It will Ten minutes a day in God's word. Paul is pointing to the word of God. I can't wait. In 2019, I'm going to do a new series. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be called yet. I'm still praying about that. But it's going to be on the armor of God. And the armor of God is incredible. It's listed in Ephesians, another book that Paul wrote. And he talks about how we arm ourselves from the devil. And we put on a shield and we got a sword. But you know what, I, what really stood out to me this week? Are the shoes. And you might think, Shoes? Ain't no armor. What well, shoes don't matter. Oh, they do. I found that out when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Yeah, here we go again. So I'm a freshman, right? And the so times have changed, but when I was in high school, the seniors really got after the freshmen called initiation. And uh, it was hardcore. Like I so, and um, I was a runt anyway, but anyway, so I'm out with my friends, and these seniors snatch us up and take us out into a field. And we're out in a field, um, and they're, it's obviously dark, and they're throwing corn cobs at us. And, and we're, we have to dodge them. It wasn't really that fun of a game of dodgeball, to be honest, or dodge cob. I don't know what you'd call it, but whatever. Um, so we're, we're playing this game, and we're freaked out. I mean, as a freshman getting initiated, you're freaked out. It's dark, and all of a sudden out of the bushes over here, more seniors jump out and scare the heck out of us. And I take off running. Me and another guy, and I am running. And I'm telling you, I'm glad the shoes that I had on were made for running. That was the first thing I'm grateful for for the second thing I was grateful for is that the buddy next to me was slower than me thank God thank God I mean it didn't fare too well for him but I got away um so shoes matter and the armor of God listen to what it says here about shoes Ephesians 6 15 I love it for shoes put on the peace I love it put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared you can't expect peace in your life if you're not opening up the good news. You can't. So 10 minutes a day. You can do 10 minutes. That's why I say that, because you can do it. 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. I wrote down, when you fill your heart and your mind with the word of God, you have a built-in monitor. Like, you have a built-in monitor that will detect the wrong thinking and the wrong feelings that we talked about. See, when you're believing the lie, when you start reading this, it will help you decipher what's true and what's not. The word of God will do that. It honestly will. It, you for, you're forming a habit because there's so many things in the world that we live in. We're redefining truth all the time. We're redefining peace all the time. The culture is changing and not in a good way. So you better be grounded in something that's never, it'll never let you down. I've let it down. It's never let me down. I'm just telling you, peace will flow from here because this, when this gets in your thoughts and it comes out here or here, change your life. It'll change your life. The song, I mean, our worship team. Is our worship team, did they do an okay job this morning? I mean, we're pretty blessed at Meadows Church. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but oh my gosh. I was blown away, the this, this song, Peace. We sang that song, and I'm listening to the lyrics. We played that song, we've done that song before, maybe once or twice, but I've never really, I don't know if I've ever really focused on the lyrics until today. And, and I'm looking at the lyrics, and I'm like, you will stay true, what's truth? Even when the lies come. See, some of you, you're believing lies. It's what the devil does. See, the, the lion, the lion is like the devil. I've talked about this before. But he's been defanged and declawed. So all he can do is deceive you. Like, he can't hurt you. But if he gets in your head and he, and he makes you believe that he's got claws and that he's got fangs, 
It's over. He knows your discouragement will knock you down. The lies will knock you down. The, 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 the worry will knock you down. The believing, the deception will knock you That's what he knows. See, the devil's a defeated foe. Did you know that? Like, the devil's been defeated. But the Bible says, Pastor, he roars around with a lion. Yeah, he does. He ain't got fangs. He ain't got teeth. He ain't got claws. It's deception. He doesn't have nothing on you. Jesus Christ has already defeated him. So when are we going to start living like not victims, but victors? Because God has victory for your life. It's why he brought you here. It's what he wants you to know. He, there is victory waiting. And I'm listening to that song. And I read some of the lyrics. In fact, I'm going to ask Carissa. I'm going to ask her to come up here for a second. Because I would sing them, but that would clear the place out quicker than anything. So I'm not going to do that to you. But I want Chris to come up. And I, I, wanted, I want to do a reprise of the song one more time. Sarah, you want to grab that stool? And um, as she sings, and you can sing along with her if you want. We'll dim the light so no one will be staring at you. I'll be staring at you. But um, I, I want you to listen to just a reprise of this song. Because I'm putting the message together. And then I, I see the set that we're playing. And I'm like, God, you know what you're doing. God, it, it, the lyrics are, blew me away. The lyrics blew me away. So I'm going to have her sing a little bit. I want you just to look, look at the, they'll put the words up when she's singing, and then I'm going to talk about it to you for a second. So let's do this. describe and I don't know if they hit you too but peace for a restless soul I mean I don't know if there's anybody restless in the place today I don't know if there's anybody anxious in the place today in fact I do know there are in a group this size there's anxious people there are hurting people there are struggling people peace to the anxious heart this is what God offers we, we think that peace is going to come when, 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 there's, when the problems are down the peace will be up that's not necessarily true when the circumstances are better, that, 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 that's when God's going to show up. That's when the peace will fill my heart. No, no, no. That, that, that is not the case. 
Peace is directly tied to what you focus on each day. That's where your peace will flow. What are you focused on? Who are you praying to? Where is your truth coming from? How are you living your life? This is where your peace will come. Well, if things just start to work out, if the finances get turned around, then I'll have peace. That's not the case. That is not the, again, that's from the devil. That's from the enemy. That's what he wants you to believe. Peace is not found in the absence of conflict. Peace is not found when you have good feelings. Peace instead would be found when we start to shift our, circum, or shift our thoughts off of our circumstances and on to our Christ. See, his name's Jesus, and we just heard that he is the keeper of peace. And when we start believing that, I'm telling you, the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we love will change the world. It starts with us. I, 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 I saw, I'm like, is that even real? Can I have that kind of peace? Is, can I have it? Because I tell you what, I've had unrest. I've had an anxious heart. Some days I still do. I wish I had it all together, but you'll find out really quick. The reason this church is a place where it's okay to not be okay is because the one who is speaking is far from okay. Far from it. But I will point you to a God all day long who is not just okay, but he is perfect. And he is in love with you. And, and I think we forget to understand how valuable we are. The, the conversations I'm having with people, do you know what they're saying? And this is what I've said to myself too. And this is just this week. This is what I've heard from, from people that I get to minister to, the people that God has called me to love. And you have those people in your life too. And, and people count on you and you count on others. We need each other. That's why we're about relationships. But you know what they're telling me? Here's what, here's what a gal told me. I believe God's given up on me. She said I messed up too much. I keep messing up. He's said it multiple times. God's given up on me. I immediately say, that's a lie. That is a lie from the one who has no claws and no fangs and no teeth. Okay? That is not true. And for the person that walked in here thinking God's given up on you, the reason you're here today is because he loves you and he has life for you. you we need to start believing the truth. I mean, if, any, if God's going to give up on somebody, it would have been me a long time ago. I'm telling you that. The life that I've led and the life that I some, someday still lead. So far from perfect. So God's given up on me. He hasn't given up on you. He has not given up on you. Your peace, it, peace is available. It'll be unlocked through your prayers, your thoughts, and your actions. The last verse, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Say do it. Eventually you just gotta do it, don't you? See, sometimes I think that Prayer is powerful. Don't get me wrong. That's, an, that's, that's why it's part of our equation here today. Thoughts are big. That turns into your actions. But I think sometimes we'll get motivated. Sometimes we'll get emotional. Sometimes we'll get excited. But then we don't do anything with it. And you know what that, 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 then it's just, then it, it doesn't really matter. I love getting emotional. That's just who I am. I, what God has done in my life, and I, I mean, I'm such the least of these. I can't believe what he's doing. But I'm telling you, it's work. You've got to do it. Prayer. I mean, I put, when you move, God moves. But we want, God, just move in my life. Do something miraculous in my life. And he will. But he wants to do it when you move. This is the key. Remember, action. Say action. You've got to take action. I, that's why I'm so proud of this church. I've seen so many people this week jump into life groups. Those are our small groups. Multiple people getting on dream teams. That's our serving teams. And then so many of you have, have signed up and said, you know what, I'll adopt a family. Are you kidding me? Heartland family was, I wish you could hear Melinda. She's like, you're kidding me. You just found out about this and you've adopted these families? Yeah, do you have any more? That's, what I, that's my thought. I'm not gonna, we're not just gonna preach the word of God and not do anything in our community not going to preach the word of God and not love people. We can't do, it, it, eventually it's got to turn to action. Well, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm just going to wait on the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. Pastor, I've been praying. I've been praying for a man in my life. God's going to bring me a man. Not me. I'm just, this is an illustration, but okay, you get it. <laughs> so I've been praying. I've even been thinking positive thoughts, been reading the word of God. God's going to bring me a man. God, bring me a man like Moses. God, bring me a man like Joseph. God, bring me a Boaz. Remember Boaz, if you were here, if you missed last week's message, you got to go just pure us. Man, you, it's some things I shouldn't say from the stage, but I do. So anyway, we pray, God, bring me a man. And I just, just bring him to the front door. And I just want to say, if your philosophy is just you're going to pray and wait for God to bring your husband to the front door, 
here's the deal. You're either going to marry the UPS man or a Jehovah Witness. Okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Eventually, you got to get off the couch and go find him. Okay? Action. Say action. I want to be a church of action. And I say it because I want action in your life. You didn't walk in here to check church off the list. I know you didn't. I did most of my life. I would check church off the list. Went to church. Look at me. I was still the same jack wagon I was before I walked in. I was. I wasn't changing. I don't want to play church. I want to be the church. I want your life to change. You're loved by the King of kings and Lord of lords. Like he died for you. And so many times we sit in our funk and our dysfunction. And we want things to get better, but we're not moving. And God says, will you move? You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have your life all together. If I waited till my life was all together, I wouldn't be your pastor. Medals wouldn't exist because my life is far from together. But, I, but you take a step. The ultimate action maker was Jesus. Do you know Jesus? You want to hear something about peace? Let me tell you something. Jesus on the, the, the Last Supper, you, maybe you've heard of the Last Supper. He sits with his 12 disciples, and they're eating this Last Supper. Did you know the Last Supper was like the night before Jesus died? Like literally, it's a Thursday night. Jesus is gathered with the 12 disciples. Listen to what he says to them. John 14, 27. This is your Lord speaking. I'm leaving you. Okay. Right there, there would be anxious hearts. Right there, there would be restless souls. Jesus, you ain't... You're, 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 I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you with a gift. He's leaving them, and he's leaving them with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. We've talked a lot about that today. And the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give. Can't. That's why I tell you, you'll never find it out here. You never will. I, I've been to every well there is. Peace isn't there. It's not there. So don't be troubled or afraid. Wow. What's crazy about Jesus making the statement is what I just told you. That night, the Lord, Jesus, would be betrayed by one of his best friends. But don't be troubled or afraid. He would be arrested and tried for something he didn't do. But don't be troubled or afraid. That's what he's telling them. He's comforting them. The next day, he would be accused and tried and found guilty of something he didn't do. He'd be spit on, beat, stripped, and nailed to a tree to die. But don't be troubled or afraid. Do not be troubled or afraid. What? If there's, Jesus, if there's ever a time to be troubled or afraid, it's now. He says, no, no, no. It's okay. I love you. I'm giving you a gift. Keep going back to those conversations I had with those people this week. God's given up on me. He's betrayed. He's lied about. He's denied. He don't give up on anybody. He never will. That's why he died. Somebody said the, the shame and the guilt that I feel is so overwhelming. I don't know if somebody walked in here with shame or guilt. Oh, it's, it, it can be crushing. But I would say to you, understand who Jesus is. When you know about Jesus in the tree that I just said that he got nailed to, your shame and guilt should disappear. And if it's not, it's because you're believing the lie. You've heard the statement, maybe you haven't heard it. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. You know, N-O-K-N-O-W. Yeah, yeah. So, classic bumper sticker, but a lot of truth. In fact, it's all truth. When you have Jesus, you'll have peace. I'm not talking about just it's all glory and fun every no no no. Peace is different than happiness. Peace comes from within, it comes from the Lord. We have to do our part. I gotta pray. I gotta I gotta I gotta think, I gotta get my thoughts right, I gotta move. But the peace flows from the Lord. No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. Romans 5.1, if you're feeling shame or guilt, if you're feeling that Jesus has given up on you, if you're feeling like you can never measure up, if you're feeling like the more that you fight to go forwards in your, in your marriage with your kids, 
in your business, at your job, if you feel like you fight to go forward and you keep going backwards, God's got a word. Say word. Here's the word, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Not because of anything you've done, not because of anything that, because of your goodness, but because of God, because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. See, when people tell me that I'm riddled with worry, I, I, I'm anxious and I'm struggling, and I get it. I struggle with depression. If you're out there struggling with depression, I can relate. I've been there. In fact, I am there. But I'm telling you straight up, there's hope. There is hope when Jesus is in the, in the equation. And you might need medication. You might need medication along with that. Okay? I'm not anti this. I'm the, well, if you have Jesus, you don't need him. I don't know. I take medication. And I'm not afraid to say it. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't on it right now. And I begged God to remove it for years. He hasn't done it. So I'll take it. And I'll keep seeking him. And hopefully I can give hope to somebody out there who thinks that you're less than if you need that. You're not. Are some people over-medicated? Sure. I'm just saying, if something in your... In, I did drugs for 10 years. I messed myself up chemically bad. Okay? If you're in that situation right now, maybe you're doing drugs. Maybe you're clean. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Maybe you're drunk right now. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Welcome home. That's what I'd say to you. Welcome home. You're loved by the king. You are loved by the king. The gospel of Jesus is what I read in Romans 5.1. That nothing you can do to get in the good graces of God, that he died on a cross, rose from the dead, so that you might have life in him. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have when you were 10 or 12, but you've been living the life that the world lives, today's your day. You're going to commit your life to Christ. That just means that I believe that Jesus Christ is God's son. That I believe Jesus Christ died on a cross. That I believe Jesus Christ rose from the, de de the dead, defeated sin, defeated death, so that I might live with peace today, now, and forever. Not perfect, but I will have peace. It's not circumstances, it's Christ. That's the gospel of Jesus. And if you don't know that, you do now. But now the action is on you to say, you know what, I accept it. God died for everybody, but the Bible says most people will never live with him forever. It's crazy. The devil wants you to believe, well, he di Christ died for everybody, you're good. Well, he did die for everybody. But you got to kind of say, okay, I accept it. I'm, I'm surrendering my life to you, God. I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for you. I messed up and I need you. And if that is your prayer today, I pray that you'll pray it with us, with the prayer team, and that we'll walk with you. You'll make a decision. And then down the road, or maybe today, like a lot of other people here, you're going to get baptized and declare your faith to the world, to your family, to your Lord, to the devil, and tell them, you know what? I live for the king. I live for the king. I live for the king. That's what you're going to say. Jesus, I love it. I'll take the blame for everything you did wrong. I'll, I'll take the blame, he says. Oh, you're jacked up. What you looked at on the internet, I'll take the blame for it. What you did to her last night, I'll take the blame for it. How you talked to that person, I'll take the blame for it. I'll take the blame for it all, he said. And I'll give you credit for everything I did right. He did a lot right. Jesus did a lot right. Can, I, can you agree? He did a lot right. Like he never did anything wrong. I'll take the blame for everything you did wrong, and I'll give you credit for everything. That's the Lord. That's the grace of God grace. It, it's almost like cheating on a test. Some of you college kids got finals coming up. It's like, it's like God came in and took the finals for you. It's like you did it all and he aced it. You wish, right? Pray for that. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but, but that's what grace is. It's like, God, it's like God cheating on a test for you. It's his grace. You didn't earn it. You got to receive it though. Receive the grace of God. Watch what he does in your life. This is, it's so beautiful. But it's not about what you do. It's what, it's what he's already done. It's why the gospel of Jesus is so beautiful and scandalous at the same time. It's crazy. It's the Lord. I love it. Jesus is action because his father is action. See, God took action when he sent Jesus for Christmas, right? What we celebrate? He sent Jesus to earth as a human being. I love it. That's what Emmanuel means, by the way. Emmanuel, one of the names of Jesus, it literally means God with us. Like, I'm going to take action. I'm going to send Jesus with you. I'm not, God just didn't say, I'm going to pray for you up in heaven. You're messed up, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to think about you, thinking good thoughts about you. No, no, no. God said, I love you. 
I'm not just going to declare my love from heaven, but I'm going to show my love on earth by sending a son named Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is about. That's where peace flows. That's what God did. He is a God of action. But today I believe that he's calling us to take a step. I can't tell you what that is for you. The Holy Spirit, like God, he'll show you what it is. Your job is to do it, whatever that looks like. He is a God of action. And I'll close by telling you this. In Isaiah, some, some of you might be familiar with the verse, some not, it's okay. Isaiah was written by a prophet named Isaiah 700 years before Jesus ever even came to earth. And, 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 and God is giving Isaiah words to say to write down in the book that you and I could read. And he's, and he's telling us about Jesus 700 years before it even happened. It's called a prophecy, prediction. They've all come true, by the way, so far. God says in Isaiah, by the way, the message is on peace, right? Listen to what God says through Isaiah. For a child is born to us. Think about that. It's what we're going to celebrate. It's what we're already celebrating. I'm not going to wait for Christmas to start celebrating what God has done in my life. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. It'll rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Mighty God. He will be called Everlasting Father. He will be called Prince of Peace. Your peace isn't dependent upon your surroundings. Your peace is dependent upon a Savior. And his name's Jesus. And he loves you. He loves you. If you haven't heard it already, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Loves you. Father, I lift you up today. I thank you for your word in this place today. God, do what only you can do in the hearts of your people. Peace. It is far beyond all understanding. Like, I didn't even get it, God. I had to look it up in the dictionary. And then I found out that it doesn't even flow from anything around here. It flows from something above. God, I pray for everybody here. I don't know what they're going through, but I know that you brought them here. It's not a coincidence. It's not just by chance. And it's not even because somebody that they know is getting baptized later. I mean, they may have came for that, but it's way bigger than that. You had this day orchestrated literally thousands of years ago. God, we've heard the gospel that your son Jesus was sent by you for us that we could live for him, that we could surrender our lives, that we don't have to live with shame, we don't have to live with guilt, we don't have to live anxious or worried. We don't have to live that way anymore. There's a new way. There's a new way because there's a new covenant, it's called a new promise from you, that we can walk with you. And we, we don't have to just talk about peace or sing about peace, but we can actually experience it. God, I pray that everybody in this place will do whatever you're telling them to do, God, and we will give you all the glory for it. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. Thank you for your promises, and thank you for your peace. God, we're believing and declaring one more time. In you, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I say, and everybody says.